This is the Roaring Repeater Podcast here on 7220sports.com. I'm Cody Tucker, joined as always by Jared Newland in the Newland Basement Bar. Does this bar have a name? Pistol Pete's, I guess. I don't <laughs> there know. Sensor is an emblem on the wall. <laughs> I don't know. We're spending an awful lot of time in here. We might as well name it. I think our uh, office is going to be done, though, here shortly, so maybe we'll be living the life of luxury. I would say within two weeks we'll be doing a podcast out of there. That'd be nice, man. We haven't been in there in a minute. Cross our fingers. I was in there <laughs> earlier this week. Sheet rocks up, ceilings, tiles were in, new LED lighting. It's getting there. Looked like a bomb shelter last time I was in there, <laughs> but excited for that. And our boss is going to put a keg in the uh, break room, I hear. So. Actually, the fridge is in it. It had to be brought up before the walls were in because that's how big it is. <laughs> Perfect. I'm going to hang out at the office a lot more. Thank you, Coors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's start this off. Last week, of course, we talked to Tom Berman. Really great conversation. I want to thank you, Jared, for hooking that up. Um, I thought he was fantastic. I thought he said a lot of great things, and I think we're seeing some of the stuff he said come to fruition just this week. Yeah, within, what, nine days already? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Let's start with Jeff Linder, though. Uh, he's been a busy dude, signed six guys this week. Uh, this roster's starting to take shape. Uh, of course, the big question I keep getting, and I'm going to pose this one to you, too, is what do you make of all this? Uh, you know, they've signed D2 guys, NIA guys, a Nebraska transfer, um, it's just, it's the gamut. It almost feels like that they're getting guys that they know want to get better mm-hmm. and improve their game instead of somebody with a maybe somewhat of an attitude playing at a, at a bigger school saying, oh, I'm going to go to Wyoming and be the guy. And then they find out quickly that they're not even starting. Yeah. Hence maybe a couple of these California guys that were here <laughs> earlier. Yeah. So maybe they... Maybe Jeff Linder and company decided that they they wanted to go a different route and bring in these guys that they knew that they could coach and were coachable. Yeah, and you know, just to play devil's advocate here a little bit, when I see all these signings, my first thought, unfortunately, is Dang Dutt, who was a college All American at what the College of Southern Idaho, who was the best team in what is J- JC, I think. They are a junior J- college, yeah. JC, yeah, and he's an All American on the best team in the country and he came in and did squat and was a sixth, seventh, eighth man off the bench at Southern Utah last year. So, and what I'm getting at is like, I think this could maybe be some kind of new roadmap or like, oh my God, these guys could be overwhelmed. You just, that's where people keep saying, what do you think of this class? I, I don't know because I don't know how it translates. Damn it, Cody! Why do you have to bring him up? <laughs> how does it translate? We don't. We don't know, and we won't know until November first or whenever that first game is. And and we'll probably hear a lot about the players themselves and some off-season workouts and things like that. But they're not going to over overseas to play this year. You can only do that every so often, and they they burned that last year. Yeah, and um, so. It'll be very interesting to see and hear what Jeff has to say this week when you guys, the media that is, actually get to talk to him for the first time since the last regular state (laughs) or regular season game that he coached in. So, yeah, you know, when I just looking from the outside, when I look at this new class, I really like that he didn't go into pure panic mode and just get nothing but transfers. I like that he's still going the high school route a little bit. Kale Combs, kid out of. Missouri, uh, like him, looked up his uh, video and stuff, his film. He's a really talented-looking kid. Same with Nigel Cook, kid out of DME Academy in, in Tampa Bay, which is one of the 
prep powerhouses in the country. Uh, so you have to think that's a pretty good steal there. Villanova wanted that kid. And uh, I know Villanova's not Villanova right now, but they won two national titles in the last, what, six years? There was a kid under Alan Edwards that Villanova wanted. Exactly. He came here for a year and had some concussions, and he transferred to Miami. I believe his I name believe was Mac. Was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So hopefully he's a better version of this kid that left. Yeah. <laughs> I like the kids. I like they're bringing in these yep. kids and just develop and let's roll. So I like Kale Combs. I like Nigel Cook. I, I like all of them. Don't get me wrong, but it's easy to get, you know, blinded by the stats. I mean, these guys can all shoot lights out. A lot of size. Uh, Oleg Kojenitz from Nebraska, uh, big dude, six ten, seven foot kind of guy. His mom is six foot six. Uh, his dad was a professional basketball player overseas for a long time. But you know, the Big Ten's a different brand of basketball. But you have to think, man. Nebraska is not exactly known for basketball, so why is a seven footer only playing like thirteen total minutes last year? So maybe he comes here. Maybe that's what he needs—a breath of fresh air. Come here, uh, Kobe Newton, uh, Fullerton College. He's another guy who can shoot lights out. Uh, heard from Ken DeWeese that that California JC system is a whole new monster, and it's really a strong, strong league. And he led Fullerton College to a uh, what they call a California State Championship. And then Mason Walters out of Jamestown, University of Jamestown. He's a Jamestown native. He was the NAIA Player of the Year. A uh, lot to like about that kid. I mean, he led the world in that league in nearly every category. I just like the fact that he branched out and didn't go to North Dakota or North Dakota State or yeah. South Dakota State. And he came a two states away you yeah. know, type of a deal and going to try his um, – try his – basketball expertise here in the Mountain West. Yeah, so Mason Walters, the thing about him, though, is he has one year left, as well as Wyoming's latest signing, a quail Cott, 6'2", 165-pound guard. Uh, Cott, however, at Fort Lewis College in Colorado down in Durango, uh, he did connect on 52% of his shots and averaged 23.4 points per game last season. Um, the stats all look good with all these guys. It all looks impressive. You just Anybody who tells you they know that this is going to translate, uh, they're just lying. I talked to a friend of mine who is a Black Hill State uh, University donor last night, and we were talking about Joel Scott. And he goes, yeah, did you see where he went? And I said, yeah, down the road. I know. He goes, he goes, I know. I really want him to go to Wyoming too, but he uh, he's a, such a nice guy. I'm going to cheer for him no matter where he goes, you know, yeah. type of a deal. And I, I said, well, did you see who Wyoming did get? And I mentioned the name. He goes, oh, that kid is really good. Because they were both first-team All-Americans mm-hmm. in Multiple Division times. Two, yeah. And um, they were both RMAC, you know, played in the RMAC and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he said that <clears throat> he watched Cott go for 38. Now, he might be – he may not have his stats right, but he thought it was 38 two nights in a row. He did have a 45-point outing last year against a Texas team, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh, went for 20, like – 20-plus in nearly every game last year. I mean, so it looks good. It all looks good on paper. It's just a matter of, and I hate to be pessimistic, and I'm not really being pessimistic. I'm just don't, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from these guys. And he still has a couple available. Yeah, and, you know, Cotton Walters, they only have one year left. So you wonder if Jeff's kind of thinking, too, like a little bit of a stopgap, see if he can get the most out of those kind of guys. And also culture guys that can really start building that culture in one year, and then they leave it better than they found it, which won't be hard. Uh, walking on the court will probably leave it better than they found it, but you know what I mean. Uh, so so these six, uh, Kyle Combs, Nigel Cook, Oleg Kojinitz, Kobe Newton, Mason Walters, and Aquail Cott will be joining Caden Powell, 
Kenny Foster and Brendan Wenzel, uh, the only three leftovers from last year's squad. So uh, Jeff Linder still has four scholarships available. Tom Berman said last week on the show uh, he might not use those four. And maybe it's better. Um, I heard Ryan Thorburn on the radio the other day say that Oregon's women's team, which is one of the best teams in the country year in and year out, she only hands out 10 scholarships a year because, you know, that 10 they aren't even going to play. So you really build continuity. And, and you save some of that money for travel expenses, recruiting, mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah, even though San Diego State probably helped out a little <laughs> bit with that this year. But... Yeah, it'll be interesting to talk to Linder next week, though. It's been a long, long time, and, and the, I was thinking about that today, that uh, when Linder spoke after they lost to San Diego State in the regular season finale, I was the only media member from Wyoming on that call, so I was the last one to talk to him. Uh, the other guys, it was even longer. So um, I'm hoping that Linder will break this down the way that Bull did after 2021 when all the transfers left. He sat down on a Zoom call, and he said, all right, let's talk about these recruits. We're going to break this into three things. We're going to talk about the recruits we just got. We're going to talk about the upheaval, and we're going to talk about the transfer portal, and one at a time because, you know, it's it's hard. Jeff's going to be excited to talk about all these new guys he's got coming in, but, you know, we have questions. We have questions about what transpired and and what's going on, and, and that kind of leads us into the next thing. Uh, of course, yesterday, fans, uh, a lot of fans acted like they didn't care to see it, but Graham E.K. did uh, commit to Gonzaga yesterday, and uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I pretty much had to copy and paste yesterday. It's newsworthy. It is. And he led the Wyoming Cowboys to an NCAA tournament. And if you don't want to see it or hear about it, don't read it. Pretty Don't simple. On it, but if you're commenting on it, you obviously care. Yeah. And if you you know you're talking to your buddies and they're like, whatever happened to Graham E.K.? You know you want to tell them what happened to Graham E.K. Yeah, that'll be a trivia question at the bar. Yeah. Down the road. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking, man, if you, we can't appreciate it right now. And maybe in a decade we can appreciate that that Wyoming team last year was, or two years ago, I'm sorry, was... Pretty special. They shouldn't have probably been in the NCAA tournament. Nobody would have thought in a million years that team was destined to do what they did. So, uh, you know, maybe don't throw away your Graham E.K. jerseys quite yet. Um, He did do some, you know, he did some special stuff while he was here. And I know everybody's hurt and feelings are hurt and all that kind of stuff. But we don't know his personal stuff going on. Maybe his foot injury is one that's going to nag. And maybe he's like, you know what? I'm going to make a couple hundred thousand going to Gonzaga. Maybe I'll make it to a Final Four. Maybe I get get the Bulldogs over the hump. Uh, and that might be a ceiling. We don't know. We I'm, don't know how his injuries. going I'd go. like to see EK play with Timmy. Oh, man. Could you Timmy imagine? still has a year left, so we'll see if he does come back to Gonzaga. Whew. But that'd be kind of fun to watch those two together, though. Yeah, and you know what? I, I could care less about Gonzaga and all. I, me, personally, I was thinking yesterday, like, if I was some awesome recruit, I'd be like, I want to go somewhere where there's football. I know I know basketball, you're the stars. They have football there. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Count me out on Gonzaga for a number of reasons. Uh, also this week, Noah Reynolds, um, <laughs> he flip-flopped on Wisconsin. Uh, don't know what happened there at all, but he was committed to Wisconsin. I believe signed uh, because the Badgers were showing uh, that they had him and they were doing cute graphics with him and stuff. So I think they he might have had to get out of an NLI there to leave. And uh, I, it's it's easy to say he's going to end up at Wisconsin at Wisconsin Green Bay. Sundance Wicks is the one who found him in Peoria, Illinois, out of high school. The only offer he had. 
and his brother, of course, is on Sundance Wix's staff. So, yeah, it almost makes you think that maybe Wisconsin got somebody else, and Noah just figured out that you know my playing time's not going to be thirty-five minutes a game; it might be twenty minutes a game. Yeah, and he's like, I'm going to go to somewhere else where I know I can play the entire game. Yeah, and somebody told me, well, he's way too small to play in the Big Ten anyway. Um, as somebody who covered the Big Ten for two years, he is thick. He's a thick dude, and he's young. Remember Mateen Cleaves? Oh, yeah. He, and and Noah's way yeah. thicker than Mateen Cleaves. Not <laughs> saying he's better, but uh, Noah really flashed that. People don't realize, man, he was he was a redshirt freshman last year, and he certainly didn't play like it. And he's tough. He's very tough. He's a thick dude, and he's tough. Um, so basketball, really excited to talk to Linder, um, just to see what he has to say, uh, about everything and, and really, I'm really hoping, hoping he opens up and like Craig Bull did after the, in the winter of 2021, Craig really stepped up and said, I need to look in the mirror. I need to reassess things. And, uh, by all accounts, he absolutely has. And we'll get into football here in a minute. There was also some women's basketball news this week. Familiar face, uh, Lyman, Wyoming girl, making her way back to uh, the University of Wyoming, and that is McKinley Bradshaw. She still has two years remaining. Yep. So, uh, nice pickup. They, of course, lost Grace Ellis to the transfer portal. So um, I heard about this back in, I want to say it was late February, you told early me about March. It and I, ago. And I was like, watch out. She might be coming back. And, there people, and I told a couple other people, and they were like, what? I thought it was bizarre she left in the first place, but... Religious convictions will will do that to people. So glad she's back. Uh, that's a huge bump for them. Nearly she averaged nearly 15 points and six rebounds a game when she was here. So uh, yeah, and Jocelyn Igo, uh, very familiar with the Igo family after living in Douglas for years. Uh, very athletic family. They they played everything under the sun. They're really great community members up in Douglas. So Allison Fertig and Jocelyn Igo. I, I read. I believe Ryan wrote a story about it. 102 was their record. 100 wins, two losses during their careers in Doug- at Douglas High School. <laughs> it's not too shabby, folks. <laughs> not bad. And Jocelyn, of course, has played the last two years at Casper College. So uh, good to see some more Wyoming flavor on this team. Um, see some continuity there, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah. And also today, the uh, Wyoming win- women's tennis team is... Uh, Trying to make some history. They already made history yesterday, claiming a share of the Mountain West Championship. They are going to be tipping off here, whatever you call it in tennis, first serve. First serve. serve. <laughs> first uh, serve here in about 28 minutes down, down in Fort Collins. They'll be taking on New Mexico with a chance to win their very first outright title. That's that's great, and I'm so happy for Dean Clower and his staff. If, if you guys don't know Dean, he is one of the best guys in that entire athletics department. Yep. Such a good dude. And he likes to have a little cold one with you every once in a while, too. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I like him. And he likes red dirt country. So he's <laughs> he's way up on my list. So. <laughs> yeah, so congrats to the Cowgirls. Uh, they're taking on a New Mexico team that is uh, on a three-game skid right now. hate to say that it's in the bank by any means, but uh, the Lobos are down in the standings here. So... Uh, really impressive year for Wyoming. They only lost one conference game all year long, and uh, or conference match, I should say. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and get that up on 7220 Sports the minute it goes final. And not to go too deep into tennis, but I did see that the Mountain West has five women's teams ranked in the top 75 in the ITA rankings. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing in tennis. They, they rank them all the way to 100 
type of a deal, and it's a big thing. I don't know why they do that in tennis, but I know it's a big thing in tennis. Well, and wasn't it – I might be wrong on this, but I think the Cowgirls cracked the top 70 for the first time as well. This yeah, year. I think that was their first ranking ever. And yep. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah, they're just humming. Every week I, I keep an eye on them and just like, oh, another dub, another dub. So, uh, yeah, Dean Clower's doing a really great job over there in Laramie with those girls. And you got to remember – you don't play a lot of tennis outdoors in Wyoming. Yeah, very true. <laughs> it's indoors, and in tennis programs, you know, the elite ones are those warm weather schools where they can play outdoors year round, and they're a bunch of country club girls yeah. and ladies, you know. And Wyoming gets a lot of their recruits from out of, um, not only out of state, obviously, but out of the country. Yeah. And definitely. they come here sight unseen. Yeah. Um, and I have a, don't ever tell anybody this, Jared, but I have a really good friend who's a huge CSU fan. And uh, the reason I love Kevin so much is he actually cares and he actually goes to everything. And when I mean everything, last time we talked, he started talking about CSU and Wyoming, Wyoming tennis. And I'm like, all right, Kevin, you might have a problem here. You might like him, but I still don't like Kevin. <laughs> Sorry, Kevin. I don't even know who you are. Uh, yeah, he was telling me that Wyoming's facilities, he came up to watch CSU play at Wyoming, and he said their facilities are night and day better than CSU, and, and they really care. And he's one of those guys, too, that he puts in uh, he puts in emails to the athletic director saying, why in the world is Wyoming's tennis facilities way better than CSU's? But uh, uh, Dean Clower's really done a, quietly done a really good job yep. in Laramie. So. Uh, also, the uh, Laramie River Rendezvous Rodeo is next weekend. Uh, Wyoming Cowboys in first place in the Central Mo- Rocky Mountain region. They are also ranked. I'm going to have to look it up real quick. But uh, Wyoming Cowgirls sitting in second there overall in the region as well. I got an email telling me. And I'll just chime in here. They, they've done a really good job out there at the uh... – Hanson event, you know, indoor arena in Laramie out there on, on the way to uh, Woods Landing. And they have a, a VIP area that actually has beer. Mm. So you can uh, get a VIP ticket and go down to the beer garden um, arena side and stand there and watch the rodeo. Uh, so it's pretty fun. And they, had, they brought the Jumbotron out last year. They, uh, so you could watch replays. And that fireworks inside the arena and stuff. So they're, they're making it more of an event than just a rodeo. Man, Cade Russo should have told me to put that in my uh, rodeo story this week. Because <laughs> that's good stuff. Well, we'll, we'll <laughs> confirm with him. How's that sound? But they did, la- they did that last year. So. Yeah, Cade tells me that uh, the, the UW men's team is actually currently ranked fourth in the nation. And the women's team is ranked 11th overall. And uh, UW has won six national championships in rodeo. So... This is the Rodeo State. So, big one for them. They're excited about that. Once again, it's the 27th to the 29th. If you're going over for the spring game, uh, perfect time to go hit up some rodeo. Every event starts at 6.30 p.m. Tickets are $25. You can also get on their website and look. They have $75 VIP package. So, I don't exactly know what a VIP package entails, but if they have beer, it better be that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and you can just go to GoIO dot com to buy your tickets through the athletic yeah. department website. I'll have a story up probably today or tomorrow where it'll have some links for you to go to and uh, also breaks down some of these Cowboys. A lot of local flavor on these teams. A lot of regional flavor. South Dakota, Montana, Nebraska. Uh, so uh, good stuff, man. A lot of guys overall leading the regions in, in overall and in almost every category on the NIRA website you go through. It's Wyoming. Wyoming just littering the top of these standings lists. So, obviously, you remember when Wyoming was in the Sweet 16. Yeah. 
86-87 season. And they come out the next year with Fennis Demo on the front cover and everything like that. And my sister was heavily involved in college rodeo. I was in Laramie for the Laramie River Rendezvous. And in that Sports Illustrated article, they had John Summers uh, steer wrestling. I remember that. Stuff like that. Yeah. They took those photos when the rodeo was done because they already had the stock out there mm-hmm. and they had enough people around to help out and stuff like that. Now, he didn't get off a horse to do it. He did what they call shoot dogging. But um, that's where they took those photos. And I was there when it happened, but <laughs> I was blind not knowing what the hell they were doing. <laughs> and I didn't know who John Summers was other than like, hey, I've seen that guy on TV before, but maybe he is a cowboy. You know, he just had a cowboy hat on. Could you imagine them doing that these days? Oh, it'd be Awesome. Yeah, hey, come out and wrestle a cow, Andrew Peasley. <laughs> come out and wrestle a steer. Well, take um, some pictures. they did the guy from Barstool. They oh, had yeah. him out in the arena last year mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I don't think players are going to be taking part uh, no. anytime soon. It's kind of like cool. when some people say that they go snowboarding when they're on scholarship. That's probably a no-no. Mm, yeah, and Harrison Whaley did tell me when he first got to Wyoming, he's like, tried snowboarding. But then again, you know, some coaches would they say that they're not supposed to play any intramural basketball and stuff yeah. like that. They're college kids. That's what they've done their whole life. Yeah. And they're in the best shape of their life. And they need to do it. Yeah. So. I remember last year seeing Titus Swin going out to the leaving practice and going out to his car in the parking lot on a on a longboard. And I remember asking Craig Bull, do you want your star running back to be, uh, you know, skateboarding through the parking lot? And he goes, we made a deal. He's allowed to skateboard from the front door of the locker room to his front door of his car. <laughs> and that's it. I'm like, you really think he's doing that? <laughs> you really think his skateboarding stopping there? So uh, let's cap this with some football here. Or actually, let's get into We have 7220 gear on sale on the website. You can go to the 7220 merch uh, button on the website, uh, Rocky Mountain Shirtworks, our buddies over in Laramie are doing some great stuff. Jared and I are both wearing the hoodies today. I'm not just saying this because it's us. These are awesome. They're comfy as hell. The we need to get some more, actually. I really love these. Get on the website and buy some. <laughs> Do I even have to buy them? <laughs> well, <laughs> should have some perks here, I would hope. Uh, no, they really are great. A lot of good stuff, and I've had a lot of good feedback from people who have uh, really enjoyed them. So, as always, want to thank our friends over at Rocky Mountain Shirtworks in Laramie. They do a great job. And it's hoodies, long sleeve tees, short sleeve tees, hats, polos, um, I think, too. Polos, yeah. and even, and it's in men's and women's and a bunch of different designs. I mean, I don't want to call Cody's head fat, but <laughs> it is like have, wearing a fat head of Cody. On your on your chest, it's pretty cool. I gotta say, I've ran into a couple of people in public wearing that shirt, and it's always kind of like, uh, is that it? Always that's you. Takes you back a second. And I saw your memories of your uh, San Antonio trip. Yeah. A couple, uh, maybe it was a, just today, maybe or yesterday yeah. on Facebook, and you're wearing that photo, <laughs> getting ready to eat a five pound burrito. Nine pound. Okay, well. It looked like a sheet cake, didn't it? That was after drinking four hundred dollars worth of Lone Star. At two in the morning on the Riverwalk in San Antonio, I just said, "Give me the biggest burrito you got. I'm starving." And they're like, "The biggest? We have a nine pounder." I go, yeah, bring it and give me the biggest beer you got too. And folks, <laughs> yes, he does cheat on the yellow bellies every once in a while <laughs> in Texas. Yeah, no, I uh, I'm on a diet now. 
There will be no more nine. I know. I, I we were talking yesterday. I said, "Hey, don't go out and get roughed up tonight. We got somewhat of an early morning. <laughs> Not really, but um, he goes, "Hey, I'm on a diet." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, good for you." Yeah, I went to a wedding in Detroit last week, and congrats to my friends Ryan and Jacqueline. Beautiful wedding. Um, I've never been to a wedding before where the meal is actually steak and lobster. I mean, this was high class stuff. I was in the wrong place. I think it's a Michigan thing. It must be. My relatives back there go all out for these. Oh. Weddings. It was all out. <clears throat> Open bar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I had gout so bad in my right knee, though, I couldn't partake in uh, anything the entire week. So I'm tired of being fat and stupid and hurting. <laughs> it's hey, time and, for and a you, diet. And you have a daughter now. You I need do. to make sure that I do. you can get around to all of her <laughs> soccer games. We're ma- yeah, oh, God. <laughs> We're making it sound like I'm on my way to 600-pound life. I'm not that bad, folks. I'm just tired of feeling like crap, basically. <laughs> Let's transition to other big guys. Uh, the Wyoming football team. They're having a very important dress rehearsal as we speak inside War Memorial Stadium. Uh, Craig Bull likes to say that, you know, the the annual spring game is for the fans. It's for the players to get out and play in a game-like situation, an atmosphere. Uh, but today is the one where they're really being observed by their coaches, and uh, they're basically deciding a depth chart. And they're seeing who's going to make plays, who's going to break tackles, who's going to knock down contested balls. And Craig Balls mentioned so many names this spring that have been standing out to him, but the one that keeps coming up is Colby Taylor. And I haven't talked to Colby yet, mainly because the other reporters have talked to him numerous times. Boy, does that guy look the part. I mean, he's got a gigantic wingspan. He's 6'2". Craig keeps saying, man, if you have one cornerback, you can do some serious damage on defense. If you have one shutdown corner, he thinks he might have two. Tyreekus Davis, a kid out of Navarro Junior College who's coming in, he really likes him too. And, of course, Ja'Cory Hawkins isn't even out there, the old Miss transfer. He uh, he had some offseason surgery. And then Deron Harrell also from Wisconsin. Those guys stepped up big late in the year last year. Deron Harrell had a huge interception against CSU. Uh, Ja'Cory Hawkins, if if he doesn't track down, name slip in my mind, Torrey Horton, CSU's running or wide receiver right before halftime, uh, that could be a different story. And Ja'Cory Hawkins and his SEC speed, he caught him at the goal line. And that's a big deal for the Cowboys because I don't know if they win that game. Never a doubt. <laughs> I had lots of doubts from my view in the stadium. It did not look pretty. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to let him score with no time on the clock. And Ja'Cory caught him. So, for once, man, we haven't been able to talk about this in a long, long time. For once, it appears the Cowboys are going to have really solid cornerback play. It's been a long time. I, I want to say when I first started in 2019, Antonio Hull and Tyler Hall on the outside were probably the best it's been in quite a while. But you remember, too, the Cowboys had some pretty good safeties in those days that really made up for uh, a lot of ills there at the cornerback spot. So excited for that. Uh, he also brought up Sebastian Harsh for the first time yesterday, the defensive end who, of course, missed all of last year with a broken kneecap that you could put your finger through the bone kneecap uh, injury. So he's back. He's playing really well. Did a cool story this week. If you want to check it out on 7220sports.com, Ben Florentine, a name you probably have never heard of, he got in late last year at the defensive tackle position with all the injuries. Uh, he told me a great story, and Bull actually told it first, but he got into more detail, Ben did. He broke his pointer finger on his right hand and still took two more snaps in his, you know, while he was out on the field. He, he knew something was wrong with his finger, but he didn't think it was that bad, maybe jammed it. 
He got to the sideline, pulled his glove off. His finger was snapped. The bone was out. Blood going everywhere. Tendons hanging out. I mean, it was a bad, bad break. And that was a great article. And I love the nickname they gave him now. He's tougher than mustard gas. So they just call him mustard gas. (laughs) Yeah. He that, needs to get all over that and do a t-shirt for himself. <laughs> that actually made me feel good because I'm the only one who wrote that story. So they must have been reading they must have been reading the story. <laughs> Cuz I guess at practice the next day everybody called him mustard <laughs> gas. So uh, that's really cool. He's got a great story. He's from Orange County. Uh Coach Bull gives him crap all the time and he's like, "Tough guys, don't You're from Orange County, California, and you're that tough?" So, and then Craig will even tell you, I'm stereotyping here, but uh, he is as tough as they come, tough as mustard gas. So. And Joseph Taylor's the only other guy from Orange County that was oh, tougher than mustard he's gas. He's tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I asked Ben, how long did it take you to get back into practice and stuff? And he, he's still a walk-on, still doesn't have a scholarship. That's his goal this year. He came back in three weeks from a dangling finger and put a cast on that thing, put a, put a club on that thing, went to work. And I tell you what, in crunch time at the end of that game against <clears throat> Boise State, it's Ben Florentine on the field, Ethan Drew's on the field. That's how deep that defensive tackle room had to get last year, and they performed. So uh, really cool. Uh, that's going to be a really good position group. Uh, Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinelli might be the best tandem in the country, and I, I have no problem saying that. They're definitely the best tandem in the Mountain West. So, uh, And to know that Gavin Myers coming in behind them and guys like that, Caleb Robertson, uh, they're in good shape. They're in really good shape at that spot. They're in great shape at the defensive end spot. The linebacker spot sorted itself out. I spoke with Shea Suyanoa this week. He has missed uh, spring with some off-season labrum surgery on his shoulder. Um, he's in a real battle with uh, Connor Shea, and that has to be a uh, kind of a, a helpless feeling right now that <laughs> Suyanoa can't do anything about it, and Connor Shea's out there making plays. And Connor is playing in the middle right now, uh, filling in for Easton Gibbs because Easton is also out this spring. Uh, but he's making plays and doing big things and getting a ton of reps. So uh, staff's really excited about him. So the linebacking core, that rotation should be really good. Already talked about the corners. I think Wyatt Eckler and Isaac White, really good safeties, trying to find who their backups are. I think that's a big focus in today's scrimmage. Who are go- who, who's going to fill in for those guys? Who's going to step in and rotate with those guys? They have a number of candidates, including Andrew Johnson from Cheyenne Central. Uh, he's a guy who's been on, in the program for a couple of years, and I uh, think he's ready to start seeing the field a little bit too. So big day for a guy like Andrew Johnson. So um, And, of course, like we always talk about, Jared, the big question is can this offense throw the football around a little bit? Can they become more balanced in talking to Jaden Clemens, this week, uh, backup quarterback, he tells me, you just have to come, you just have to trust us and come out to the spring game and see what we can do. <laughs> I don't know if I like that answer. No. Uh, <laughs> and he, Craig is right, you know, about saying the spring game is for the fans type of a deal. It is, it's a glorified dress rehearsal mm-hmm. and they don't want to get anybody hurt, of course, and things like that. I, I'd still wish they would not split up the teams and just do more situational stuff yeah. like they have to sometimes when they have a lot of injuries and things like that, they've turned to that instead of drafting teams and stuff. But um, it, it's always fun to see where people are at. And, and especially for those guys that have not been on the field yet or have had limited playing time to really shine. Yeah. 
And, and um, I mean, we see a lot of different. Think about Nick Talich last year. Yeah, oh, exactly. He, he, he was playing. He, he was playing a, a nose guard mm-hmm. at times, and he was a he's a linebacker. Yeah, no, that's great. That's a perfect example, man. You, you get a lot of spring game heroes where it kind of gets your hopes up, though, right? When you see some of these guys, you see Joey Brash blow one around the corner for seventy five, and you go, "Hmm, man, another one." There's another one, but. Uh, Speaking of injuries, Caleb Driscoll, fullback from Gillette. Uh, he's going to miss a couple weeks. Coach Bull thinks he has a sprained MCL. Uh, good news on the injury front. Frank Crum is back in the uh, in the fold, not 100%. Don't know if he'll play in the spring game, but he's going through some drills. And Coach Bull mentioned it. Man, that's a sixth-year guy who's fighting his ass off to get on the field in spring football. When you talk to a guy like Marcus Harris – who said, oh, I remember watching Ryan Yarborough. He's riding around in a cart, and he's hanging with the coaches. He ain't doing anything during spring football. Yeah, I may have mentioned this before, but I think Ryan Yarborough was the first Wyoming player to ever get the NFL insurance. Mm. And this was in 1993, so he could sit out spring ball, and then if he were to get hurt during the season, he would get compensated. Now, all the players – you know, that have the chance at the next level, get this insurance. Sure. But he was one of the first, the first guy that I knew of that had it. Yeah. And you know, this year I've, I've, I've had some fans say, man, a lot of injuries this spring. A lot of, a lot of guys aren't participating. I'm not looking that at that as a bad thing. You know what Easton Gibbs can do. Yeah. Shea we know it. We talked about it this week. He needs to be way better in the tackling department, but we know what he can do. He wasn't always making the tackle, but he was always a Johnny on the spot. So you know what guys like that can do, and uh, you know what Frank Crum can do, and Cole Goodbow, and guys like that. I don't think it's a bad thing. If anything, man, these guys have played a lot of football. Um, I mean, a guy like Easton Gibbs, he's in on every snap. Uh, I have no problem with him not playing. And, and of course, he's recovering from off-season surgery. But. And it allows these younger guys to get more snaps yep. and – and it's more important for them to get snaps right now than it is the starters. Absolutely. Um, a big issue right now, injury-wise, though, for Craig is the offensive line. They're looking. He wants to go into the season with eight guys he can trust. He said right now they're hovering around seven, and that's not counting Frank Crum because Frank hasn't been able to do much this spring. Um, but uh, obviously that'll lead us right into this portal discussion, unfortunately. Manuel Pregnon was a big loss. Well, I think we talked probably a month, month and a half ago about our who we, what we thought the strengths of the program were going to be. And mm-hmm. O-line was one of them. Now it's reversed because of departures and injuries. Could be. Uh, I still like it a lot because they got a lot of guys in last year. They got a ton of dudes, a lot of reps. Jack Walsh is really going to be a star here. Um, he's mean, too. He, yeah, like he's, tough. He's, he's tough. he's really tough. So, and they got guys they like, like Rex Johnson and Wes King. Uh, those are a couple of youngsters they really like and they're really looking at. But this week, also in the portal, they lost to Sean Woods, the only the second four-star recruit Wyoming's ever gotten um, since they started this online four-star, five-star stuff. Um, but he couldn't get his grades up. And total speculation, folks, this probably has nothing to do with the football field itself. It's nothing. all in the classroom. Nothing. I had heard from sources last year that, man, when we get that kid on the field, he's the real deal. Uh, you know, he practiced last year, and they really liked what he was bringing to the table. And, and a defensive coach told me, wow, man, that guy's going to be really good. He needs to put on some more weight. But I believe he's only 285. But they said, man, he's going to be the real deal. 
but if you can't get your grades up, you're never going to be the real deal. And, you know, once again, speculation. We had heard the moment they signed him. He was, of course, committed to Missouri. He had every who's who of college football knocking on his door during recruiting, and he ends up in Laramie on traditional signing day. And Coach Bull at the time said, hey, if we had any worry about his academics, we wouldn't have gone after him. In other words, they took a chance, and um, he's obviously not holding up his end of the bargain. We have asked to talk to him as the media numerous times. You know, We have not spoken to the one four-star recruit in the Craig Bowl era, and he's been here for a year plus. So I asked for him again this spring. Bowl said, uh, no, he is not available. He is not even practicing. He's worrying on it, working on his academics. Nothing, and I mean nothing, would piss a coach off more than you not being able to take part in spring because you're screwing around with academics. Well, just wish him the best, and hopefully he can get that straightened you out do. and you get do. on the field because if he's truly is that good, yeah, he has a future. No doubt. And I hope somebody <laughs> wakes him up and, and yep. shows him that. And unfortunately, it didn't come in Laramie. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Pregnon, though, he's a guy who he had nobody. He had no recruiting interest at a Thomas Jefferson high school down in Denver and Craig Bull got him on traditional signing day a couple years ago and he came in and he is a big dude he absolutely looks the part played really well last year when he was healthy uh really blew some holes in the in the in the front interior defensive fronts from the guard position uh boy did he become a hot commodity and a hot commodity quickly he put out at noon last Saturday that he was entering the portal and within 40 minutes the biggest schools in the country were popping up on his Twitter feed. Makes you immediately, your brain wander to tampering. Did somebody call him and say, get in the portal, dude. You're I mean, gonna... that's a mortgage payment bet right there that it was tampering. Yeah. Absolutely. So we asked Craig Bull about that, and he said, hey, man, um, if you can figure out how to stop tampering in college football, you you can, he told Ryan Thorburn, you can fix the debt crisis in Washington, D.C. And Berman even mentioned it last week, too. He goes, they're not going to do anything about it because they have bigger fish to fry. Because and, we keep asking that question. Yep. Who's going to blow the damn whistle? And until they get this all figured out, nothing's going to happen. So basically what Berman was saying is blow the whistle to who? Yeah. Because the NCAA is a disaster. So to who? So um, that's sad. That's really sad. So uh, we don't know if he was tampered with for sure. We can't say that. But, man, he has offers, and I'm talking big ones, LSU, USC, A&M, Tennessee, the whole nine. So um, he's got his pick of the litter. But you know what? He came in. He did his thing. He's a big, big dude. He absolutely every bit looks like an SEC lineman. So uh, he is gone. Uh, you know, On3 wrote a story, On3.com wrote a story after Pregnon entered the portal saying that most coaches look at him as the number one guy right now who's available in the country. Uh, a lot of other people point to that bear dude from, from Georgia, uh, but Pregnon's right up there. And I read this, I asked Craig Bull last week, like I even read him the whole quote, where there was a quote from an anonymous Big 12 source who said, boy, Wyoming's just pumping them out. They're the best development program in the country. So in other words, they're just keeping their eyes on Wyoming, and it almost has that feeling of a vulture flying over a carcass, doesn't it? And that's what I brought up to Bull, and he said, we're not going to change. We're going to stay a development program. I don't care. And it's like Berman said, using Andrew Wingard as an example, instead of having an undeveloped, unrecruited guy like him play for four or five years in Laramie, you might only see him for one or two. Yeah. It's just it sucks, but you're gonna have to get used to it. And now more than ever, it's time to pay attention to the name on the front and love the name on the front of the jersey. As cliche as that sounds, it's just true. 
think of it. Think of your favorite pro team and all the guys you lose from your favorite pro team. And all I can say is put your money where your mouth is, all yep. you naysayers out there. Yeah. Buy season tickets, show up to games, cheer on your favorite team, the Wyoming Cowboys, and show them as much love as you can because if they're not getting that and not seeing that, they're like, oh, they don't care about us anymore. Well, I've seen people say, hey, with all this moving and all these guys leaving, I don't think I'm going to renew my season tickets. Like, oh, my. That's the last thing that you should no matter what, the Wyoming Cowboys are going to field a football team every year. And it drives me nuts that people act like they've been little sisters of the poor forever. They have more bowl wins. And I'm not talking about now when it's easier than ever to get into a bowl. I'm talking back in the day when it was brutally hard to get into a bowl. You look through all the Power 5 teams. I've written a story about this. They have more bowl appearances and more bowl wins than, what, a dozen, I want to say, Power 5 programs. So it's just they're not, they haven't been little sisters of the poor. They're not. They're competitive every year. I know. I, I get it. We're tired of six and seven wins around here. We're really tired of it because we expect better. And we've had a coach here who's been here for 10 years. I get it. But, you know, a lot a lot of other people wish they were in Wyoming shoes, including Colorado State with all their fancy bells and whistles they have down there with their stadium and all that jazz. Trust me, they wish they were in bowl games and winning seven games a year, and they wish they were beating Wyoming every year. And this, oh, there's no no loyalty anymore. Which they're not, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what People writing, there's no loyalty anymore. No. No. In a lot of cases, there's not. So quit writing it. Quit expecting it. And, and the other thing, Jared, while we're on the soapbox, it's driving me absolutely insane. Everybody rips every Wyoming player that leaves. Doesn't even think about the situation of maybe why they left. But boy, when... When Wyoming got gets the big seven footer out of Nebraska, I didn't hear anybody say, "Man, that guy's not loyal. He left Nebraska. He's not committed. He left Nebraska." Well, guess what? He didn't play much. And folks, a lot of times these student athletes are asked to get in the portal because <laughs> they are flat out told the truth that you're probably not going to see the field here or the court here. So you might as well try to go someplace where you can play. Well, and I'm going to tell you right now, I had a dad reach out to me last night and I'm going to say who it was. It was Jordan Vaughn, Wyoming's running back who started in the Arizona bowl, 6'2", 240 pounds, big kid out of the Houston area, a lot of hype around him coming in, very smart kid. Um, he entered the portal yesterday. Um, He's been in Laramie for a couple of years, only played in the Arizona Bowl. That's the first time he saw the field. That's obviously the Cowboys' most coveted, loaded position every single year. Um, he was asked, basically, to enter the portal. He was told exactly what you just said. Um, there's a lot of guys here. There's a lot. You're, you're probably not going to see the field. And I bet it's a nice conversation. It's not, hey, I'm, I'm snagging your scholarship. You're not worth a damn. It's, hey, man, I want you to open your mind to exploring other opportunities here because you're probably not going to play. And Craig Bowles is a straight shooter. Hank Gibbs, he wasn't getting any reps this offseason, and people are pissed off that the four-string quarterback's leaving. He's not getting any reps, and he's got three years left to play. Guaranteed. I'm just going to say guaranteed he was told, go find another spot where you can actually play. And guess what? Now Craig's looking for a fourth quarterback. So um, it's it's a, a double-edged sword there, but these guys aren't just going F Wyoming. They're not leaving Wyoming with a middle finger in the air. That's just not the case in about, I'd say, probably 95 more. And it's just public now yeah. because they have to enter the portal to go somewhere yeah. else. Before, when they were asked um, to leave or that your scholarship's not being renewed, 
you really didn't know it and yep. you didn't you didn't pay attention to it and a lot of it was cuz i mean lack of social media back in the day and things yep. like that it happened every year on every single roster yeah and guys you didn't even know were here there's a guy <laughs> who entered the portal yesterday who i didn't even know evan hiremath a wide receiver a walk on wide receiver he's in the transfer portal he never played a snap at wyoming you don't even know his name because I didn't know his name. And he's gone. He's but if that would have been a standalone story by you? Yeah. Well, what the hell? What's going on? Yeah. Or who? <laughs> who? He didn't play. What has he done for me lately? You think about this, guys. Wyoming has had five, six guys enter the transfer portal since it opened, the spring portion opened, on April 15th. Deshaun Woods, four-star recruit, has all the bells and whistles. You think he could be great? He never saw the field. And he wasn't likely to see the field until he got his grades up. Jordan Vaughn, he played. He scored a couple touchdowns. He looked pretty good in the Arizona Bowl. He's gone. Caden Becker, never saw the field. Gone. Hank Gibbs, never saw the field aside from being a holder back in 2020. Gone. Emmanuel Pregnon, that's the loss. He played. He started last year. He was a really good player. Evan Hiremath, who? So these numbers, you look at them, which is now at 15 total. You look at them and go, oh my God. Like, this is a train wreck. I had a guy yesterday go, what the hell is going on in Laramie? You got to look at this, guys. You got to think about it. And I even put at the bottom of these stories, players who've left the program. And I've even put under them, you know, full-time starter, saw limited time, served in a reserve role. Quit commenting on headlines on Facebook and wherever else you're picking the story (laughs) up. Read the story before you comment. (laughs) The free story, by the way. Yeah, I mean, you look, here's the 15 guys. Jordan Vaughn, Deshaun Woods, Evan Hiremath, Emmanuel Pregnon, Caden Becker, Hank Gibbs, Mikhail Janice, Akili Bonner. Stop me. You probably haven't heard any of these names, or barely. Uh, Tyrese Grant, Jaeger Philippone, uh, Joey Brash, Zaire Jackson, Joshua Cobbs, Cam Stone, and Alawasi Show. How many names have you heard? And you're, you follow this team. Six. Hardcore. Six out of 15. Six is high. And that's say. because I follow the program. Exactly. Oluwasi, to me, is a big loss. He, he's at Oregon State now. He showed a lot of promise at defensive end. Cam Stone had his moments. Uh, Joshua Cobbs had his moments. To me, Emmanuel Pregnon is the biggest loss, followed by Oluwasi Show. Yep. Other than that, half these guys have never even seen the field. More than half. Well over half. So, pump the brakes. Chill out. 15 looks scary, but it's not scary at all. So, just... Uh, it is what it is, and there's going to be more. I had a dad reach out to me the other night after practice, and he said, well, unfortunately, he said, I hope we can still stay in contact, uh, and I enjoy chatting with you, but my son was told he's going to lose his scholarship this fall, and uh, he's probably going to leave the team. He hasn't. Uh, he wants to stay. He loves the Cowboys. He loves Laramie, but, you know, they're going to pull his scholarship. So he's got to do what he's got to do. So he's likely gone. So there's going to be more. There's going to be more. So... It is what it is, and uh, I'm still really excited about this team. I, I really am. I think this defense <clears> is going to be great. Uh, Andrew Peasley, uh, from by all accounts, has looked really good this spring. Um, I'm really excited for these wide receivers to get here. We, I mean, think about it too, Jared. We still have, what, 15, 20 guys who aren't even here yet? I mean, there's a ton of dudes who aren't even here yet, including two wide receivers that the Cowboys got out of the portal, Ayer Asante and uh, Devin Bodie from uh, Vanderbilt. So, Talked to Ayer yesterday. He's going to be at the spring game. Um, 
Dude's super excited to get here. He's going to be here for the spring game all the way from New Jersey, and he's really pumped to be here, and he's really ready to get here in early June. Yeah, they'll be here in June, and they'll be doing seven-on-seven. They'll be working out with the teams at, you know, their 5 and 6 a.m. workouts on the field and then all that stuff. And then, you know, come fall ball, August, it's time to strap it up. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm really excited for the spring game. I don't think there's a – you know, once again, I don't think there's a ton of uh, position battles maybe to pay attention to, but I think some guys are going to leapfrog some guys. Um, on the offensive line, there's going to be some youth, but uh, they got a ton of offensive linemen coming in too and a ton of defensive linemen in this recruiting class. So, And and Craig Bowles said, uh, you know, he was done with the portal talk after we barraged him there with like five, six questions right off the bat. But he did say at the end he does not feel that comfortable going into the season with three healthy quarterbacks. So he's got his eye on that portal himself, and they're going to supplement and replace with somebody in the transfer portal, you'd have to believe. So um, I don't think the Cowboys are done either. And I, maybe they pull an offensive lineman as well. So I think you could see some some uh, Wyoming making some waves here soon and getting a couple of guys. So also keep an eye on that next week. Keep an eye on Jeff Linder. Like we said, he still has four scholarships left. I think the position maybe a lot of people are focused on is the forward spot. I don't know that they have addressed that yet. They must have a lot of faith in Caden Powell right now, though, yeah. since they haven't addressed that exact position. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there's no Odin or Ogbong Polo type guys yet. So um, I think they're going to probably, I think their focus has probably shifted to that. Uh, might be wrong. Who knows? They might load up and go small and shoot lights out. Who knows? And uh, if you guys are going to the spring game, arrive early and go to the field house for the – they're having another um, apparel sale. Yeah. And from what I've heard, it's all Adidas stuff. Yes. Uh, talked to Juan Soto, our good friend over at the Cowboy Joe Club. He said there's a lot of really good stuff. I'm hoping to use that perk to get in before all of you people and uh, add to my collection first. Not going to happen. <laughs> I have probably 12, 13 Wyoming jerseys I'd really like to add to that collection. So um, we'll see what Mr. Soto can do for me. But uh, the other thing that opened up this week is the getting a lot of messages for this saying you would be perfect to be the PA announcer for, uh, I don't know if that's just basketball or it's football and basketball. Yeah. I, uh, I don't have time for that for one and for two, I have no experience. And for three, I would be a nervous wreck. And it's not a career move, folks. It's it's a side gig. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get paid handsomely by any means. And I don't even know if they get paid. I know at one point it was just season tickets. Yeah. But what was the I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Football guy. Jack Noakes. Yeah. He Jack retired. Noakes, yeah. That's the voice you remember. Forty years? Yeah. That's the voice of War Memorial Stadium to me. The one snafu though for him <laughs> on the muffed snap. Um, when during the Vic Coning era, era, he had his mic on. He goes, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> that sums up the entire. But nobody was there. Nobody heard it. So yeah. who cares? Uh, nobody's listening. It's 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 a good one though. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, guys. Well, we're gonna wrap this one up uh, next week. Hopefully, we'll have some more recruiting news to talk about. Unfortunately, some more portal news to talk about. It's gonna happen. Uh, we'll have to do this one before next Saturday, though, since we'll all be over in Laramie. Did you happen to check the weather report? I know we're far out, but... Yeah, I'm not going to mention it. You guys can look at it yourself because what I saw yesterday was a hell of a lot better what I'm saying today. So, um, But 
once again, it's going to change. Just look at the weather bef- the day before and then like, you know what? Let's go. Yeah. Hopefully it's a good crowd, man. I think this is going to be a fun team. Uh, they're really going to shock some people. I'm, I'm, I, when you have a good defense like that and a running game like they do, um, you're going to be in every game. And I know we've seen that. And I saw tailgating open at 8 o'clock. And oh. the beer gardens during the during the game itself is going to be open in the end zone. So yeah. go have some fun. Have some pops. Yeah. Stay around um, that afterwards. Go get something to eat and then go out to the rodeo. Absolutely. Make a weekend out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That rodeo is fun. It's going to be packed. It's going to be good. I had no idea they sold it. Cody's going to be in the, in the crow's nest. <laughs> in the uh, barrel. Oh. <laughs> Do they have one big enough? <laughs> I'll be in the barrel the whole time. Because I know the barrel that the barrel man wears, (laughs) first of all, it would collapse. And two, I don't know if you would quite fit in it. Yeah, I don't know. Even though the barrel man's getting big. He is. Barrel man's put on some winter weight. (laughs) Awesome. All right, guys, we'll see you next week.